It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, believers, non-believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. Asi Sapphire and fellow believers, this is Crystal from California, and after listening to Stories with Sapphire and being inspired to deepen my own spiritual journey, I decided to become a patron. Joining the Patreon to connect with like-minded people and practice our skills together in the weekly Discord, Psychic Parties have been so much fun. I hope you'll consider joining too and supporting Sapphire's work. Visit patreon.com slash stories with Sapphire to learn more. Years ago, I remember talking with my friend Mike Harding, the one with the cursed music video shoot. The topic of ghosts came up and honestly talked to me long enough and I will turn every conversation that direction. And he mentioned that he used to know this girl who said that she could see spirits. To her, they looked just like regular physical people, except they'd always have a single subtle tell. They might be floating a few inches above the ground, or missing features. And whenever she caught on to a spirit, she would immediately avoid eye contact because once the spirit knew she could see them, they would beeline for her and pester her, whether it was to have her relay a message or for company. This always stuck with me, especially as someone who doesn't like strangers up in my face. I can't imagine what it's like to be constantly bombarded in this way. And ever since then, I started to pay really close attention to the people around me, scanning their feet, just in case. I have yet to see someone floating above the ground, but whether or not you can see spirits like Mike's friend could, humans have the innate ability to tell if something is truly human or not. It's why the uncanny valley exists, the phenomenon where you feel really unsettled when something is just not quite a living thing, like Sophia the Robot, for example, which makes it that much scarier when a spirit fools us. In this week's episode, I'll be sharing stories from real people who encountered something pretending to be something else. First, I tell the tale of a person who witnessed something imitating her baby brother and mother. 
Then, I share the story of a mysterious black dog that visited a woman in labor in the Philippines. Next, I recount the times someone mistook a spirit for their friend. And finally, I speak with Erica and Kristen, hosts of the Dinky Podcast, who share their bizarre encounters with spirits who made them do a double take. Chapter 1. Who was on the bed? Submitted by Mpa. I wonder what were those things that I saw. I wonder if anyone else has experienced something similar. My name is Mpa. I'm from South Africa. Where I live, siblings share a bed. Back in 2017, one Saturday afternoon, I felt sleepy and went to take a nap. My younger brother, who was still a little baby, was also napping. Our mother was sitting on the bed beside him. Because I was afraid that I would roll on him, I decided to sleep close to the edge, by the wall, facing up. At home, we would get warned to not sleep facing up because that leads to nightmares, lucid dreams, and even sleep paralysis. I ignored that warning because, like I said, I was worried about rolling onto my baby brother. I began to fall into that sleep. You know that sleep that feels suspiciously good? The one you get right when your alarm is about to go off. As I was falling into that sleep, I felt a tiny hand on the side of my neck. You know how babies be. As soon as you lie down, you become like a trampoline to them. So I figured my baby brother now inconveniently wanted to play. I turned my head towards my brother and opened my eyes a little and saw the blurry image of him. It wasn't until I was about to shut my eyes again that I realized my actual baby brother was behind this image. The face of the imposter was merely a shadow, like it had no face at all. When I realized this, I tried to fully wake up really quick. And that's when I got caught in sleep paralysis. As I was forcing myself to move, my head butted up against the imposter baby brother, who was now screeching at me. <coughs> my mom realized what was happening and shook me awake. I woke up, and thankfully, the sleep paralysis and imposter disappeared. I told my mom what happened, and she said to not go back to sleep, no matter how sleepy I still was. She said they call that imposter the Nightmare. Fast forward to 2021. It was time for me to go back to university after my two-month winter break, June and July. My course didn't have any exams. It was the second semester. I lived at my university residence. I went to my room, night came, and I fell asleep. I woke up during the early morning hours to use the bathroom. Then I went back to sleep. I had a dream that I was back at home. The dream felt real, but something was strange. There were two baby brothers instead of one. One was playing outside, and the other was inside the house. Then I felt myself waking up. As I was in between the state of sleeping and being awake, sleep paralysis struck. My eyes were closed. I began to force myself to move, and for the first time ever, I was able to open my eyes without fighting. Then I moved with ease. I sat up on my elbows and saw, at the foot of my bed, 
some tall, skinny, hairy, dark thing that looked like a solid shadow. It was wearing a gray robe, very similar to the one my mom always wore. It looked like it was in pain, squirming with its hands on its head. Then I heard a voice say, that's the culprit. After I heard that voice, I felt some sort of gravitational force pull me backwards. I had that dream falling thing. I thought I was going to fall off my bed, but no, I fell back into whatever sleeping position I was in. I believe I was greatly protected that morning, so much so that I was shown the culprit. I had always believed I was protected every time my sleep paralysis happened. But this felt special. Whatever these things or bad spirits are, they pretend to be someone you know and trust so that you let your guard down so they can pull you into a lucid nightmare. I've only shared two times this has happened to me, but it's happened many, many times before. Thanks for sending in your story. If this is something that's happened to you a lot, it sounds like whatever this thing is, is really trying to get to you. And it sounds like you've been able to successfully avoid it for now. So I agree with you, you are definitely protected. Sleep paralysis tends to happen to us more frequently if we're under extreme stress. So if you were going through major life changes every time these episodes occurred, that could also be a possible explanation. Also, I tried looking up South Africa Nightmare, but I just got websites about Christmas. So if anyone listening has also heard of these entities, let me know. Chapter 2, Who Was Under the House, submitted by Ale. My grandmother, Lola Domingue, was born way back in 1937 in the rural city of Hilongos Leyti. When Domingue was a kid, maybe 7 to 10 years old, her mother, Pepeng, was a midwife and was often called to help with delivering babies. One night, my Lola was in Akubo with her mother and a pregnant woman was in labor, a kubo is a house made of bamboo that is elevated a few feet above the ground. There were gaps in between the bamboo slats on the floor, so the woman's blood and bodily fluids were dripping onto the soil underneath the house. My Lola and her mother didn't pay any mind to the dripping. It was completely normal. Until my Lola heard a licking sound beneath them. She looked through the slits in the floor and saw a big black dog lapping up the blood and falling liquids on the ground. She tapped her mother on the shoulder and pointed to the floor. Her mother's eyes widened, and she said, Go boil a pot of water and bring it to me. Why? For what? My Lola asked, but her mother did not answer her and turned her attention to the woman giving birth. By the time the water had boiled, the baby was born. My Lola brought the pot of water to her mother, who carefully moved the new mother and baby aside. Then, she carefully poured the boiling liquid in between the bamboo slats and onto the dog's back below, right between its shoulder blades. The dog yelped 
and ran out from underneath the house and into the night. Why did you do that to that poor dog? My Lola asked. That was not a dog, her mother replied. That was an aswang. It was drinking the fallen blood. If we'd let it stay any longer, it might have come up here, hungry for more. My Lola was stunned. What if it comes back? She asked hesitantly. Her mother smiled. Your tata will make sure it does not. The next morning, my Lola's father, Lolo Lauri, who was also the barangay chief of the barrio, went to the house of Benilda. She was a middle-aged woman who, as rumor had it, was the aswang of the barrio. Lolo Lauri knocked on the door and saw that Benilda was nursing a wound on her back. What happened to you, Benilda? He innocently asked. I was just here in the house when me and my husband got into a fight and he poured boiling water on my back, she claimed. Lolo Lari asked to see it. Benilda showed him a big red burn right in between her shoulder blades. Lolo Lari quickly left their house and didn't even bid farewell because he now knew what Benilda truly was. Benilda and her husband left the barrio a week later. So... Was Benilda really an aswang, or was it a coincidence? So, not gonna lie, I am always a believer in the stories that come from the rural parts of the Philippines. So yes, I do believe that Benilda was 100% an aswang. The term aswang actually originates from the Tagalog term Aso Wang, which means dog wolf. One of the most common forms a swang take are big black dogs, like in this story. They like to feed on pregnant women and newborn babies, so if Mama Pepeng didn't act as quickly as she did, things could have been much worse. Chapter 3 Who Was in the Bedroom? Submitted by Derek. Hi, Sapphire. I love listening to your stories and your podcasts. It's so cool that you're Filipino. I'm too. And sometimes I think Filipinos tend to be a bit gifted or sensitive when it comes to spiritual matters or the spiritual realm. So here's my story. For quick background, I'm from Southern California, where I met my best friend. In English, he prefers to be referred to as Daniel. Daniel and I met in high school. Daniel and his family are from Thailand, so they're Thai Buddhists. What I've noticed is in his car, he has some sort of an amulet-looking object hanging from his rearview mirror. Early on in our friendship, I asked him about it. I knew it had to do with Thai Buddhism, but when I asked him, he explained that it was his guardian that watches over him and keeps him safe. It's understandable. It made sense to me. Additionally, in his bedroom, he had a mini wall altar that he prayed to on a daily basis. You can Google Thai wall altar for an image reference. There's even a small shrine at the front door as well. So spiritually speaking, in regards to Thai Buddhist culture, his car and his house are protected, guarded, and good to go. One night, I was hanging out at his house, and we decided to go out to the market because he and his cousin, who was living in the house at the time, decided that they wanted some Asian snacks and groceries. So we go out, come back, and we started unloading the bags out of the car. 
So for reference, a portion of his layout is like this. The front door is in front of the driveway. After you go through the front door, you see the little shrine and stairs to the second floor. On the second floor, once you get to the top of the stairs, to the right of the stairs is the kitchen, and to the left of the stairs is a hallway where his room was. So all three of us are unloading the bags out of the car. We're going through that front door, up the stairs, making a right, and putting the bags on the kitchen table, back and forth, back and forth. Now, on one of those rounds, I grabbed a couple bags, went up the stairs, made a right to the kitchen. In the corner of my eye, I saw Daniel walk into the hallway and into his room. I followed him into the room, and I'm in the middle of the room where the light switch was supposed to be next to his bed, and the room was still dark, so I asked him, Hey, Daniel, why don't you turn on the lights? As my eyes adjusted to the dark room, I noticed I was the only one in there. And that not only was I standing next to his bed where the light switch is supposed to be, but I'm standing right below the mini wall altar as well. I quickly ran out of the room, down the stairs and out the house to where I saw Daniel and his cousin in the driveway, still retrieving the last of the grocery bags. I explained to him everything that happened the second I was in the driveway. He just nonchalantly responded, Oh yeah, that's probably the house guardian. For years, I had been going to this house, and he and his cousin always mentioned to me in passing that there was a house guardian and how they would sometimes hear it around the house. Even though it spooked me a bit, I was never afraid and never gave it a second thought. I still go there to this day to hang out, Never had any paranormal incidents there since. To be honest, I myself am not religious, even though, as a Filipino, I was raised Catholic. But ever since that incident, I give a slight bow to the shrine at his front door. Out of respect. Salamat, Derek, for that story. We don't often hear a lot of positive stories of doppelgangers and mistaken identities, so this was a little refreshing. Um, I love this story because it shows how there are universal truths to the spirit world. Derek is not a Thai Buddhist, but he was able to see the guardian. These energies and these entities, they're very real, but they just might be called different things depending on your culture. And it's the same thing with humans. Humans all over the world have varying cultures and traditions depending on what's available to them, what's around them. And it doesn't make any one culture or tradition more real or accurate. And the same thing goes for the spirit world. When we return from the break, I speak with Erica and Kristen, the hosts of the Dinky Podcast. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now, the stories continue. Chapter 4. Who's there with Erica and Kristen? Um, so I was, I think, 13 or 14 years old. This is Erica, one of the hosts of the Dinky Podcast, Apologies for the wonky audio. Um, we lived in a house that was like kind of on a hill. And we had a bunch of windows in our backyard. And we had a small dog that my parents would take out for walks. So if I didn't want to go with them at night, I would let them out through the back door. I would lock the back door. They would go out around the back gate, go on a walk. And then when they would come back, I would let them back in. So this particular night, I had been making dinner for myself. I like still remember like every aspect of like making dinner, eating the dinner, putting all the dishes away. And as I was at the sink putting my dishes away, I kind of like out of the corner of my eye saw my mom. And so I was like, oh, okay, she's waiting to be let back in. She was standing at the, the window of the door. So I like kind of put my finger up and was like, hold on, hold on. And put my dishes in the dishwasher, closed the dishwasher, walked over to the door. And when I got to the door, there was no one there. So I like opened the door. I like kind of like looked around like my family wasn't there. My dog wasn't there. And like a couple, like 20 minutes later or whatever, they came back. And I was like, why did you guys leave again? And they were like, what are you talking about? Like we've been on the walk the whole time. And I was like, I swear to God, there was a woman that looked just like you at the door. I don't understand what happened. And my mom was like, oh, that's really creepy. My mom believes in a lot of this stuff too. So she was like, ooh, that's really spooky, whatever. A short period of time later, I had gone to my grandma's house and in their back room, she has all of these historic photos from our family. And I saw a picture of my great grandma who looks so much like my mom. And my mom was like, I bet you that's like who came and visited you that night. And so there's now like lore in our family that it was my great grandma that came to, to visit. I don't know if I have any particular reasons why she visited me that night. I don't have any memories of that night being particularly significant. That said, I've always been very close to my grandfather. My grandfather was my great grandmother's son. So on that family side. I've always had a very strong relationship with him and she died during childbirth with him. And so I do feel like in some ways it makes sense that she would want to visit me and have like a connection with me because of my, my grandfather. I don't know if it changed me particularly. I do feel like in some ways I'm grateful that as fearful as I am of like the paranormal, it gave me an experience that was like not scary or horrifying, you know, like a couple of years after that, I had a dream that I just like saw my dad's face crying. And when I woke up that morning, 
my dad told me that my uncle had died. And so like, I do think that there are some like, I don't, I don't know how, like, I do feel like my family has like a little bit of like connection to other realms that societally we've like pushed away. And I do feel like some of these like more sensitive, unscary, like soft things have made me like be slightly more open to the idea that all paranormal activity doesn't have to be bad. Some of them can be like loving and like kind experiences. While Erica isn't the biggest fan of the paranormal, Kristen is the complete opposite. So my relationship with the paranormal world is pretty intense. I have always been fascinated by ghosts, spooky stories, anything creepy crawly. I've I've always been in, even as a kid, became like obsessed with the Loch Ness Monster. I remember I used to like watch the webcam when the internet first came out of like a live feed of the Loch Ness Monster. Like I have always been like, I'm going to find a spooky, scary thing in my life. Like that has been like kind of a weird dream of mine. Anyway, I've just been fascinated by anything kind of scary. And My big story that I tell a lot of people that happened to me was when I was about probably 10. It was I was a kid and my dad was um, we had just gotten home in the car and my dad had taken my dog who had been in the car with us out for a walk in the front of the house. So we'd come from the driveway, walk through the sidewalk to the front of the house. And my dad kept the dog outside to pee while I went inside. So I went ahead of him, unlocked the door, went inside, and I very vividly remember in the house I grew up in going into the kitchen, and directly to my left of me, there's a small sliver of a wall before it got to my dining room where a mop was leaning up against, like the, the mop portion stick was leaning up against it. And directly in front of me, it was kind of like an L shaped kitchen. And directly in front of me in the L shape of the kitchen was just cleaning materials, like all around, like lining the cabinets. They were out. The floor was wet. It was just looked like somebody was cleaning the kitchen. And adjacent to my kitchen around the corner is our laundry room where we kept all of our cleaning supplies. And I could vividly hear someone was opening and closing the cabinets where we kept all the cleaning supplies. So I was like so close to going into the laundry room to see who it was because there I knew it was one of two people. So I went back out to my to my dad where my dad was still with my dog. And I said, hey, dad, is Angeline here who we had a cleaning person who came? Angeline says, Angeline here. And he was like, no, Angeline's not here. I was like, oh, well, then Oma, my German grandmother, I was like, my Oma is here because those are like the only two people pretty much who cleaned really honestly in my house. (laughs) So I was like, oh, well, Oma's here. And he's like, no, Oma's not here. There's no, there's no car in the driveway. And I was like, well, somebody's here because somebody's cleaning the kitchen. So we all walk back in together. And of course, everything is gone. Nothing is there. And I, I mean, I have goosebumps telling the story. Every time I tell the story, I have, I have visual goosebumps because it's so real and so legitimate to me. And the only thing I keep thinking in my head every time I tell this story is what would I have seen if I had went into the laundry room? Because I still wonder. I still, and I kind of in a weird way want to know and don't want to (laughs) know because it could have been terrifying. I don't know. But 
Um, I still think about that a lot. And and one of the things that I take away from that, because it's like Erica's story, it's still very vivid to me. Like I can see everything and I have a terrible memory, but this is like so crystal clear to me. And the one thing I'll never forget is when we got back into the house and I was like, what is, what? Like, where did everything go? I was so confused. I was like, dad, I swear to God, like there was cleaning stuff everywhere. Like somebody was here, I don't, like still trying to make sense of it. And my dad, of course, joked like a tr- in true dad fashion. He was like, oh, great. We have a cleaning ghost. They can come back anytime. So sorry, I can hear my husband laugh. He heard, he heard me tell this story. <laughs> but I don't think my 10-year-old brain could have made that up. It's so weird and specific. Like, I think it was a ghost of some sort, and I don't know why, and I don't know who, and I don't know what the point was to clean our kitchen, but it it's very vivid, and I remember it very well. One thing I do think about that happened to me that was like kind of weird that happened around that same era that's not specific to the house, but very similar to Erica's story, um, was one night in that house, I think I was 14, and... That night I had gone to sleep and I had a dream and I have a I am a very vivid dreamer like uh, annoyingly so like I don't sleep well because I dream so intensely and I've had so many weird dreams that I that go on so ornately long but this particular night I had a dream where my uh, I, I I heard a woman's voice I don't think I saw a face or anything I heard a woman's voice and it was speaking to me in German pure German and I woke up that morning and I went downstairs and I was like, that was weird because I don't understand German. I have German heritage. I'm 50% German, but I don't I don't know German. And I went down and my, my mom, the first thing she said to me was, your godmother passed away last night. She was German. She was a German, my German godmother. And obviously, I mean, I have goosebumps think, telling that story too, because I'm like, she must have been speaking to me, communicating with me. And when people ask me like, if I'm a believer... I'm not religious, but I 100% believe in ghosts. Like, I believe there's something going on that we don't understand, that our energies carry over in some weird way. There's too much that has happened to me personally and have happened to close friends that I trust that I think stuff is going on that we can't explain. And so um, I think it just, I'm actually kind of grateful I had that experience because for the rest of my life, I'll never have to be like, well, it's never happened to me. I don't have to be as much of a doubter. Like, I'm still obviously a skeptic, but um, way, way less than I ever, you know, with that experience, I'm way less of a skeptic now. When Erica and Kristen first told me their stories, I initially filed them into the ghost category. But after re-listening to them while editing this episode, I came up with another theory. Time slips. What if Erica was somehow seeing her mother appear at the door before she actually would? What if Kristen was seeing a moment when Angeline or her Oma was cleaning in the past or future? A phrase that constantly comes up for me is that time is not real. We only experience it as linear. So maybe Erica's and Kristen's young developing minds were somehow able to jump the timeline for a brief moment. 
Speaking of young developing minds, or the lack thereof, I am a huge fan of Erica and Kristen's podcast, Dinky, where they talk about being dinks, dual income, no kids. Check it out if you enjoy casual and honest discussions about being intentionally child-free in a society and culture that's constantly pressuring everyone to have kids. Thanks for joining me today. Have you ever witnessed an entity masquerading as a human? Send me an email at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. Your story can make it onto the podcast or on my live stream at youtube.com slash sapphiresandalo. And did you know that I offer bone and tarot readings? You can schedule a session at storieswithsapphire.com. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sandalo. Music written by Sapphire Sandalo. Special thanks to Mpa, Ale, Derek, Erica, and Kristen. For more information on the show, visit storieswithsapphire.com.